Hey, it's Stefan Chise from Talking Papa, Stefan Chise and Biko. Just let you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another episode of Talking Pop with the Franchise of Bika with Spaceship, the podcast on all things pop culture. I am the host, the franchise, and of course, my co host, my brother from the same mother, Biko. Monday! Yep, the time of this recording, it is Monday, October 28th, um, because we decided, you know what, Halloween is about a few days away, and of course, what sucks is like most of us are pretty much all working on Halloween, so we will partake in the Halloween festivities. But we want to take this time and pretty much talk about you know how what Halloween means to us when we were like growing up, and of course Halloween in terms of like pop culture and stuff. Because a lot of stuff has been influenced by Halloween. Of course, we you know when people think of Halloween, they think of candy. Dressing up in costumes, going to the door-to-door, saying trick-or-treat. You know, there's decorations, but it's like it expands beyond that because now you got. Haunt people, um, you know, got you got pop up haunted houses events and stuff, and then pretty much that um, they'll have Halloween parties or Halloween events. Like towns will do like events and stuff, or even malls. Is like expand not just you know just in neighborhoods, but pretty much like towns and cities will actually embrace Halloween. But of course, now recently it's been Halloween. Like a lot of like schools and stuff are like. Pretty much canceling Halloween or not having kids come in dressed up in costumes, which I did enjoy growing up. When going to school dressed in a costume or even going to work dressed in a costume was kind of fun as well, too. And it depends where you worked. I don't know. Most of the offices, I'm assuming they had like Halloween dress up days or something. I hope so. Like the like an episode of The Office. Like the episode of The Office. And what actually brings up The Office in mind, did you notice that? And I guess in Netflix, uh, edited out a scene in The Office in one of the Halloween episodes, apparently someone brought it up. Really? I don't know what scene it was. I think it was during the haunted house scene. 
In the opening of the office? I guess they cut a scene on or something. On the opening of it? Let me see, because it was like it was on like a Facebook the other day and let me see if I can look it up, but apparently they were I think Netflix edited or something. Why was it like insensitive or something? I don't know. Let me see. Halloween. Let me look it up here. I'd be surprised too, because I, I was watching The Office last night actually, but I, I didn't watch the Halloween episode, which I should have. Now that I think about it, but I mean, there's if they were gonna start yeah, editing go. out certain controversial scene that. from from uh, from The Office episode cut on Netflix. It was the haunted warehouse. Oh, that, oh, that's later in the seasons. Yeah, apparently, according to articles from comicbook.com, besides known as the most bingeable show on Netflix, The Office is well known for its well-crafted co-openings. As the account just goes Halloween, you may notice that the show missing one cold open ahead of a season six at one point ahead of Koi Pond. A cold open featured a staff and Dunder Mifflin celebrating Halloween by turning the company's warehouse into a house. It appears to know why it got removed from many future episodes after first turning on NBC. Watching is entirely above, as you might realize why. While it's pretty tame for the most part, branch manager Michael Scott so basically eventually takes everything to Stepford and anywhere else. Imagine that, right? As step members usher kids around the haunted house, the tour ends by Michael faking his own suicide by hanging. Much to the disgust of the staff and kids on tour, on top of everything else, the lewd character also happens to be dressed up as Justin Timberlake's Dick in the Box character from Saturday Night Live skit of the same name. <laughs> the co-op initially appeared on the first airing of Season 6 Koi Pond episode in 2009. Owen was quickly removed from many reruns and on-demand services at the backlash from people who who watched it live. It's still removed from the episode to this day and it's unclear if NBC will add it back once the office moves to Peacock next year. Look for me. Okay, I can see why that would be the case. Because of what? I don't know, it's because of the him faking his, his suicide, probably. Michael? Yeah. The Dude, parent, that's they, what but they said. did, like, a whole depression episode. Like, that was, it's, it, if anything, I was bringing awareness. And the safety one, the safety episode. Yeah, but this was, like, during a Halloween one, I'm guessing. This. Oh, my God. Why? Yeah. So, let me see. I actually, they actually put the video on here. Actually, let's see if we can go through it and see why. Let's see here. We got the Let's see. Oh, look at look at the he's dressed as the character. Look at that. See, this is the tour. I guess this is the co-open. So you can see. Look at this. Oh, they got the kids riding like a push cart or something. You see, you see. He yeah. He's dressed as the. You see how he's just fading, <laughs> fakely fading. And look at Jim in his book costume. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like. Oh, I get it. Facebook. Yeah, I remember that, but no, what... Let me see, let's see, like I said, this is the clip right now, we're watching, guys, we're watching combo.com, and we're just going through the clip right now, it's like... But they kept the, the full clip on there? Yeah, it's the full clip, this is on the YouTube channel, I'm guessing. <laughs> like wow. Look at Creed. He's got a blood pack. Here Oh, nice jigsaw costume. <laughs> His book face. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, it, I mean, honestly, by watching the scene, it's not bad, but... And, and for them to edit... Okay. Oh, okay. okay, 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 I see it. Oh, God, okay, yeah, that's kind of an... That's pretty nah, intense I to see the kids. Oh my god, fucking Michael Scott. Alright, that makes sense. Okay, I can see why. Okay, that's it. But I like the fact he explains it afterwards. He just drops down from a noose and freaking out the kids and he's like shakes and convulsing in his body and then he goes and like suicide is not is not right, yada and it's not good and continues it. So yeah, it, it is definitely pretty insensitive. I don't re that's the weird thing, because I remember that season. I don't remember that opening particularly, but it's cause it's like Every time I go through the office, once I get to that last seventh season, you don't want to speed through it so much because he's like that's just his he last leaves one. towards the end. But that oh fuck! All right, that's it. I don't remember that. That's the thing. Well, look at like 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 at least I had I had the whole office series on DVD, which is funny enough. I had the whole series, so I haven't. This is like it's a binge. Should I binge it on Netflix or sure just watch the DVDs because you know it's right there. It's just and like Netflix. I have it as a, as a convenience, so it's like. Okay, I can see why. Um, pretty much, guys, Halloween, you know, it's that time of year. And, of course, over here, us in Illinois, apparently in the Midwest region, we're going to possibly might see some snow on Halloween night, pretty evening. But, I mean, Halloween, to me, as a kid, was a great time of year, you know, because, like I said, you get to wear costumes, you get free candy. That was the whole gist of it, was to get, like, you know, dress up and get free candy, and that was a favorite thing to do. I mean... For me, and of course, you know, they'll have Halloween-esque specials. And oh, of course, yeah. The movies. Like, they'll do movies. Like, a lot of movies were derived from it. We, we always watched uh, The Great Pumpkin. Uh, oh, yeah. Charlie, like Charlie Brown specials. Our, our mom. Oh, we've had... We grew up with um, the Peanuts gang, the Charlie Brown, and, and all that. Uh, so, those... Have always remained very nostalgic and for us. We had all the tapes, I think. Um, and I don't we think I had the Great Pumpkin. I think they, they well, no, we didn't watch. We didn't have the tape for that one. They but it's because they TV. always showed it on freaking ABC all the time. So, and um, I remember they we would watch it in, in Jesus School. They would play it, which you would think in a Catholic place they wouldn't play something that's pagan. But it's Charlie Brown. It's innocent, and mm -hmm. um, to this day I still love uh, the Peanuts Gang, the gallery, and all that. And I think. Those specials are very interesting. I, it's sad. Uh, I, I mean, depending on what you stream from or if people still have cable, uh, I, I know there's, a, you know, it's a minority nowadays, but I think those things still hold up pretty solidly. Uh, I think they showed the Great Pumpkin. I think it was CBS, last right? Week. Yeah, it was yeah. last week at CBS. So look at that. It's even expanded to other places. And um, I, I'm sure they've got those collections on DVD now to where it's like all the specials. Because they... Even the Peanuts movies were great. Not not just the Halloween one, but they had it for everything. And even their own individual standout movies were excellent. Um, great animation, uh, great story arcs, and, and really fleshed out the characters. But uh, when it comes to Halloween, the Great Pumpkin Patch, Charlie Brown was, uh, <laughs> or that's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, <laughs> always hilarious. Uh, it always stood out to us as being something that we'd always remember Halloween by. Like, we watched it all the time. Even my mom got into it to where she would uh, make it a thing to where we would sit down and watch it together. Uh, 
Even the Christmas specials. I, I bet you if we sat with her now, she'd probably watch and think, oh, this is so cute. It's adorable. It reminds us when we're... Like, you know, because in her eyes, we're still her little babies. And we would hope the same for our uh, listeners, that they kind of share that similar connection to their folks. But, you know, not everyone's the same. Uh, but as far as Halloween goes, um, yeah, it was always a weird random costumes that we would dress up throughout the years. Um, going out, getting candy, going from school, going during during school to grab candy from other people. What? Oh, um, someone actually uploaded the actual whole oh, special shit, yeah, ones on TV. As it I was say, we can't necessarily it, play it because I'm going to flag it. But, I'm flag it, but... But, yeah, going yeah. back to that special, I mean, God, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, I mean, it's like... Um, something Still like hope. that. It's like... I would say the fair funny part was, you know, when they got in costumes, they all decided to... No, Charlie Brown, of course, yeah, he wanted to dress as a ghost, and it's all too, it was about Lions' obsession, you know, how we had, like, you know, honestly, when it comes to Halloween, there was not really, like, a mascot for Halloween, because, you know, Easter had the Easter Bunny, you know, and, of course, Christmas was Santa Claus and Snow was Christmas, but Halloween, there wasn't really much of a, you know, of a mascot, you know, I mean... And that's why, to me, this was kind of crazy because, I mean, Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown's like, Linus had this... He, I'm thinking he came up with a story about supposedly the Great Pumpkin was supposed to be, like, this being or the spiritual being that's supposed to come out at night and he's supposed to fly out of the pumpkin patch and supposed to give, like, gifts and stuff to boys and girls, good boys and girls and believers. And the whole just, like, no one believes him. And he's, like, sitting on the pumpkin patch just waiting for the great pumpkin to come out and of course the other storyline is basically the other peanuts getting a pretty much getting ready for halloween so it's and then you got the um, snoopy as the flying ace because you know he doesn't remember he wears like he wears like the thing and flying i guess the red baron <laughs> you hear the plane sound he's like Vroom. so yeah that, that special was pretty much you know i enjoy watching it it's cool that you know cbs um is like I guess CBS had the rights because it was under Paramount because I think Paramount produced it and CBS owns Paramount. So that's why, like, every... That's kind of cool. Like, every year, they keep the tradition going and they keep showing it every, like, every, you know, every year, which is kind of cool that they, they, they still honor that, like, that tradition. Um, which I hope it still goes because it's... I, man, like, I don't know how what kids see these days, but I think continuing to show these classic... Um, these classic... I guess creations from I mean Peanuts were around since what the 50s going into the 60s 70s so like they've always and the re- always had reincarnation so like things like that it's always been very nice that there's always things that are always introduced um then we have what Nightmare Before Christmas that's and that's now Jack Skellington became now he became it's like kind of like the de facto mascot of Halloween now yeah well I mean well, even well, I mean not before Christmas what you could look at see this is to me I mean, I love the film. I have it on Blu-ray. But it just is... I don't know. What would you consider that as a Halloween film? Or you would consider it as a Christmas film? I consider it... Because it's like... Christmas. You know, you got both elements of Halloween and Christmas. But it's like... I consider it a Christmas you because in? that's what he... That's... That's... What the character was propagating is that he wanted to bring some sort of cheer into... Uh, into the town. So, like... And I think his, yeah, like Jack Skellington was. Just, yeah. I think he was just bored with the whole thing. Yeah, he wanted to be different, contrarian, and he want, he was bored with Halloween being it. That this is Halloween. That's all it was. And then he's like, he well, Santa, Santa Claus was no like very you know very loved, and so he wanted to, and I think he wanted to be loved as well. 
I think, I think that's why was, Sally. Yeah. I think because he he saw Sally as beautiful and he thought that he wasn't beautiful enough for Sally, and so he thought that if he would be Santa Claus, like changes from her, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so. He, I think, more or less that Christmas, he wanted to bring cheer. And I think that, that the Christmas spirit is in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's just dressed up in a Halloween sort of thing. It's like watching Corpse Bride. It's Tim Burton, so only he knows why he made this. But I think... I think, too, because he had Disney also financing it. So kind of, well, he had the backing of Disney. Which, to me, think about it now. If it weren't for Disney with the licensing and everything, we would... Nightmare Before Christmas wasn't still... I mean, it's still, to me... It's a musical. It's basically a musical that Tim Burton, you know, brought together with Danny Elfman as the composer and the voice of... He's the voice of uh, Jack Skellington. No one, no one thought about that. He's the voice of Jack Skellington. And having... Creating, like, composing, like, the songs and everything for it was phenomenal. Like, the music from that film is great, you know? It's songs that, honestly, when I used to work in retail and used to play This Is Halloween during this time, they used to play a lot of, like, those Halloween songs, like Monster Mash, you know? And then they start playing This Is Halloween, and it just brings me back to when that film released. That film released, like, in the early 90s. And it was all, like, stop motion. Yeah. People don't realize I was stop motion. I remember when I bought the Disney, like, my mom bought the Disney video cassettes, and they were showing, like, a little behind, they were showing, like, Promos for the night before Christmas coming soon, like to a home video, but they were showing like little clips of how like the process of developing that film, like little like that was like a five or two minute clip of it. It was like kind of cool. It was definitely. I I, st- I still love the movie to this day. Um, I have a lot of Jack Skeleton memorabilia, and I and, and I think it's because it was probably the first Disney movie I saw to kind of spoke. To me, I, li- I like dark and weird, morbid shit. So I was very surprised that Disney went that route. Um, especially being in that impressionable age as a kid where th- that's what Disney, that's their MO. That's what they focus on is taking your nostalgic soul. Like They get you when you're a kid so that way they can continue to sell you throughout your whole life and existence. They're in the generational wealth game. That's what they're in part of. That's their business is generation generational marketing. So... I haven't seen them do any other Halloween properties besides that and the Disney Channel shit with uh, well, like I said, and then the t- original movies mm-hmm. like Halloween Town. So oh, Halloween fun, Town, yeah, the Halloween movies Town too. movies. I remember that. So, and they had scary ones. Uh, the Mummy. I forgot that one. Like my, my dad was a mummy or something. I can't. I can't. Or no, Under Wraps. Under Wraps with that Mummy. Yeah, too. they try to take these characters like that's random more shit that they would and release. Then, um, Going back to that before Christmas, like, I know what Disney does, like, like, I think every Halloween, I, I went to Disneyland, like, two years ago when I was over there for work, for, you know, this company sent me over there, um, company I work for right now, they sent me over there to help out, to help launch a building, and, um, I was there for three weeks, so one of, the, one of my days off, you know, I wasn't that far, I was only, like, a two, like, an hour or something drive away from Disneyland, Anaheim, yeah, from Disneyland, so, I end up going there, and you know it's kind of cool what Disneyland does. Like they'll just everything's decorated Halloween esque, and you know they all the Disney characters wearing costumes, like the Mickey, Donald, Goofy doll wearing like a Halloween esque attire. And what's cool about the Haunted Mansion? They convert it to Nightmare Before Christmas, so it's like it's you, yeah. To me, the long line it was a long line, but it was it was worth it. Because they had, like, Jack Skeleton decorated outside. And pretty much they convert the whole... I don't know how many weeks they have it available for. Because I think they do it throughout the whole month of October. Before leading to Christmas. 
So I was there, lucky, I was fortunate enough to go there when they were doing it, when they were doing it, and it was awesome how they converted it to reflect um, the Never for Christmas theme. They had a whole narrative and everything around it. Of course, you'll still see, like, the iconic, you know, images of a haunted mansion, but they included, you know, animatronics oh, of Jack Skeleton. Yeah. They, Tower of Terror was that, I think, in there, too. God uh, Tower of Terror, yeah, the, the, it was sponsored by the Twilight Zone's Tower of Terror when it was in, it's at um, Disney Hollywood Studios, I believe it's still there, because I know in California they converted to, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Prison Breakout. Hey. So, but I think that the Tower of Terror is currently still at Walt Disney World right now, still at Hollywood Studios, so that one's still there. I, haven't, I have never gotten that ride, but... You know, going back to that, the Haunted Mansion, it's like, I, it was cool because when I went to Disneyland, I tried to ride all, like, the rides, like, the original rides. Yes, I went on Dumbo, <laughs> but I'm like, I went on Pirates of the Caribbean. So I tried to go, like, <coughs> like, the staples of Disneyland. I went on the Undersea one, but it was, like, a Finding Nemo theme one. Mm-hmm. I went to, like, the Roger Rabbit ride because, <coughs> because I'm a big fan of Roger Rabbit, and, of course, they have a ride... Um, called Roger Rabbit's like Toontown Spin, which is actually still in Mickey's Toontown. It's a cool ride. And I'm like, let me go on the. I went to Pirates of the Caribbean, the original Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And what's got cool is they added like a Jack Skellington animatronic in that ride when you leave when you're on the last leg of that tour. Um, and then of course, like I said, in the Haunted Mansion, they they do uh, during the month of October they convert you know into the Diamond for Christmas. So to me, it was really awesome. I took pictures and stuff, and you know they had like. Jack Skeleton and Sally as the walk-around character, so that was kind of cool. I didn't get a chance to meet them because they were, like, they were at the New Orleans Square, but I don't know what building they were at, but they were there, so they had walk-around characters. So, like, Jack Skeleton is really embraced by Disney. Like, that character is embraced by Disney, and they try to push it out, especially around this time during Halloween. So I think I see him more as the defunct mascot of Halloween. Mm-hmm. But... um Right now, I got the peanut special playing right now in the background. Of course, I can't have the audio up because, you know, copyright when I get flagged. Someone actually took the liberty of uploading it, whoever it was. But there's a scene right now with Charlie Brown. I guess they're all, like, someone are dressed as ghosts. And Charlie Brown ended up cutting a bunch of holes in his costume. It's like, it's a jacked-up costume. And, of course, Lucy's wearing a witch's mask. And we got Pigpen making an appearance right now. And then you, look at, you see look at our boy Snoopy right now <laughs> showing us the ace. Hey, look at him. <laughs> So, I mean, oh man, Halloween, I enjoy dressing up, especially, and then, of course, people, like, kids today won't realize how cheaply costumes were back then, because I remember, I remember back then, growing up, the costumes were like a smock and a freaking plastic mask, that was the costume, nowadays, you got, like, companies that will actually go out, you know, with latex masks and everything, and actual full outfits, which is, to me, is cool, and all people as well, if you guys are good with a sewing machine, Everyone's good with a sewing kit. You can and good with materials and stuff. You can make your own costumes. That's why cosplay as well. But it challenges you to be creative. Creative. And and, and who doesn't like to be something else out for a day? Get free candy if you're still into that, or if you have children. And and Halloween, I think, is a, is a more or less a bigger universal thing for them. It's like an easier holiday to get into uh, because there's not so much of a religious connotation and so actually i think it's a true holiday like it's because it goes back centuries traditionally um through the pagan rituals and say what you want about other holidays i christmas sure i don't buy that um that's i think that's bullshit but whatever 
um, it's it's Christmas is nothing but a marketing ploy, but I I respect the 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 concept of being gang together, yeah, and spending getting time together with, family. with your family, and cherishing your loved ones, and sharing a gift that you want. But obviously that goes over the line once you become something that I have to go and get a gift and like from people who can't afford it, like to do that. Don't, don't, yeah. don't feel pressured. But when it comes to Halloween, I feel like, yeah, sure, you don't, you can put a costume together. You just got to be creative. But Halloween is, is just, it's a celebration of all, you know, fun, creepy things that may scare us. But it's also got, you know, pumpkins. It's like a, it's a harvest. It's like a celebration, yeah, it's like a celebration of, of the harvest, of yeah. Harvest of the harvest moon and and the the lore behind it and in the traditions. It's it's a beautiful. I, it's my favorite holiday and it's a beautiful one at that. And then who doesn't like going door to door, meeting your neighbors for free candy, especially as a kid? Like it was always fun going. Um, and man, I had some of these houses that would give you bullshit. I I remember I went to a house that every year they would he would always give you something stupid. And the first year we moved um, out of the city, they brought, the first year I went, and the guy gave us McDonald's coupons. Um, and for a free Sunday cone. Yeah, was for like a free Sunday cone. Not a candy, just that. And I think... That was kind of... And like probably like a Capri Sun, which, I mean, if you guys don't know what that is, just a juice box. Like, that's it. I think Capri Sun's still around, but... Which... Like as a kid, if you find, like the whole point is, and you're in the walking around, especially in the Midwest, it's cold outside, and you're wearing whatever costume you can, and you're running around with your friends trying to get as much house as you can before the the, the sun goes down, and you're over here, <coughs> excuse me, and this guy is fucking giving you McDonald's coupons. <laughs> like first of all, like oh great, a, a, a call, like no, we want, where's the candy, dude? And so like yeah, you get what you can because it's free, but like fuck. And uh, there's some teenagers who are going out that still do it, and I think that's fine. Like I, I but I think now they too, they're the nice now too. They do like the trick or treat for UNICEF, where they'll go around and collect, you know, people donate coins mm. and stuff. And, you know, they'll have the boxes. They'll say the coin, like the money that's donated, goes to UNICEF. That's kind of cool. I seen those people going around, doing which is always well. nice. Well, it's, well. it's just a nice trick or treat for UNICEF. Yeah, that was like the main thing was, you know, getting the candy. But of course, there's like times where you had to, like, it's good to have your parents check your bags because you never know. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you know. never know what they put in there in the candy itself. It's like, I mean, well, yeah, I love the candy. Like, yeah, I enjoy dressing up because like, the whole thing was, yeah, you get to be something else. You know, like costume wise. You know, I think one year I dressed as Sonic, uh, another year I was like a vampire, and I went through the whole changes. I went to Ninja Turtles one year, and. Um, I mean, that's one of the costumes I remember, um, that I can think of that I dressed because I think my mom has pictures of us when we were kids in Halloween costumes, and yeah. I think that's the ones I saw based on the pictures. Can't really remember too much because I had a concussion years back, so I don't, my memory is still kind of foggy, but yeah, um, of course with Halloween, it's like, you know... You know, I think when it comes to us being, you know, you know, Hispanic and being in the Mexican culture, you know, yeah, they don't see, they don't recognize Halloween, but I think nowadays they do now. But back then, the only holiday for them, for us would probably be like Day, Day of the Dead, Martos, yeah. November second, Day, Day of the Dead, because they do like a lot of celebrations. That that's to me, that's almost like a Christmas as well, because yeah. it's like you're gonna go visit the the you know the old Bill friend does, you're offering 
tables and they'll have pictures of the relatives and they have a specific type of flower where they'll it kind of if you guys think oh it's coco blank yeah coco is based on that tradition you know of yeah. the day to day to day which to me great film we did review on that year a uh, year back a couple of years back um where and also people will go to grave sites and have picnics with their family with the favorite foods that their 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 deceased relatives loved it's all about being it was all about family and stuff it was all getting together yes kids will dress in costumes but it was more like of a celebratory musical experience I like I like that because it's honestly they, I think it's a true way of I I don't like funerals because I don't like how in this country we do how we kind of pass off the the, the, the transition from um, alive to dead I don't I don't personally like it I don't personally share my belief in that I'd rather do it in a day of the dead day of those mortals like a celebration because it's true we in our Mexican culture that's just what it is and I think it's a beautiful celebration because you get to really you sit down you bring back you know all your fa- your relatives favorite things and, and you talk about them you, you remember them. them in good spirits you remember them for what's worth and you spend it like as much time as you can with them on their gravesite if they do that and it's just a big celebration it's perfect and and that's the thing. It, here we with funerals. It's just so. It's it's not a it's not a it's not a very inviting, welcoming atmosphere. You just are mostly just kind of. You pass by a casket with your corpse sitting there, and people walk by, and it's. I know it's sad. It's because everyone's grieving. Some people are grieving, but you're, I think that's when you for like you choose to. To maintain the memory of people of loved ones that were lost, but I think with funerals here, at least American style, it's just or I'm sure in other countries they've adapted it as well. That it's just so it's very passive. I don't I don't see it as as something that culminates. And then since we have a holiday around it, a Day of the Dead, we come and yeah, we build these specialized altars for them as a remembrance. But that you can gather around the family members that you have that are still around, and you get to see that they get to celebrate that you are together, and that you and your spirits there. It's just another. It's just in another realm. Instead of like, oh, we had a casket scare. It's done. And so I think they do a great job. I just drawing the the pumpkin in the back of his head. <laughs> I guess it's using uh, because we're copying. Sorry about that. Guys, like I said, we got the great pumpkin up right in the background. We just can't have the audio up. Yeah. But it's it's just strange to me that they, you know, they don't they don't care for how, I don't know. I, I, I like, I'd rather celebrate. That's what I would do. When I pass, I'd rather have a Day of the Dead type of celebration, funeral, than I would you guys lamenting it's like i don't want that i want you guys to celebrate to literally celebrate and bring all of my favorite things smoke a bunch of blunts get high just fucking celebrate and laugh and and i hope that i've impacted your life for the better not not something to where it's like you're sad you're crying i don't want and then people that don't really fuck with me show up and then they give you their time of day to your condolences to whoever your significant love that's the only thing too about like, funerals that kind of find noise like uh, that's why to me it's like that's I mean don't get me wrong I'm not dissing the funeral esque that it's just the whole these people that honestly screw your life all of a sudden they they're gone and they decide oh I'm I'm gonna make an appearance you know that kind of kind of my annoys me it's like the people that I haven't seen for years when someone you know dies and all of a sudden 
these people that he probably that person never interacted too much or had a bad experience with all of a sudden they start showing up I don't know out of the blue it's like to me it's like you're gonna be that petty you didn't want to make up with that person but instead oh I'm gonna go to the funeral thinking that it's gonna kind of absolve you no because you know whatever bad blood you guys had you know that doesn't go away you know he always brings it up just to make it feel like awkward and to me honestly it's like to me people I mean there is a kind of like even though there hasn't been many like theories there's been many theories of what are, what our bodies do go through I mean yeah naturally biology wise our body starts decaying because once the brain once oxygen's cut from the brain there's no brain activity our body supposedly you're goes medically in, yeah you're medically clinically to be dead. gone yeah but it's been some cases where yeah your your soul can actually you know go on to another you know higher plane and there, I mean, also there are people that believe in the concepts of reincarnation and stuff. It, to me, I kind of figure it could be true. I think reincarnation could be possible. I mean, there's guys on YouTube, like this one guy, like Huff, like Steve Huff. You know, he built like this, like, he works on this, um, he studies, you know, paranormal and through um, radio frequencies. You know, how spirits can use, like, kinetic energy and communicate through an audio system by manipulating radio channels, which to me is kind of interesting. And the stuff that he, like, pulls up, like, what's cool about it is it's kind of cool when he does, like, the sessions and stuff. But he posts, like, on YouTube. It's kind of cool. Then he'll get, like, clear answers. And the spirits who are aware they're not there anymore, you know? Yeah. But there's people that will have, like, those, like, near-death experiences where they say they have, you know, they've seen something, like a white light or something. And they're white bucks about it. But it's, like, so far there hasn't been, like, a clear and bad. So... Yeah, like Halloween, you know, day to day, it's kind of like that. You know, it's not to me Halloween. Um, and of course, you know, a time like it's like movies play a role in, during around the Halloween because you had the Halloween movie series that was started by John Copper. He started the whole Halloween thing, the whole Halloween John Carpenter, series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, yeah, like Halloween is associated with scary movies and scary films. Yeah. Um, fuck. I guess you could say like. Fuck. Like I have a friend, I the one movie that always stuck out to me was uh, I liked Halloween that scared the bejesus out of me, um, but then like and then uh, Friday the Thirteenth series I re looked at I revisited when I was in high school and that that just made me laugh because the movies uh, I mean they were made in what like the late seventies going no like early eighties yeah so like. When you look back on it, it's just kind of cheesy and funny, but because they're very much dated, but they're good movies. Um, but me, what stood out more to me, I was like a Freddy Krueger, fucking uh, the one who, that the Nightmare on Elm Street series are the ones that scared me the fuck bejesus out of me, um, because I don't sleep. So like watching those movies, it kind of made it relatable. <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> Freddy Krueger uh, and the Nightmare on Elm Street series were definitely the ones that scared me the, sh the shit out of me. Um, I did see the remake a couple of... Uh, it's been several years now when they made the... I guess you can call it a remake, right? Or yeah, remake, I think it was like a remake, yeah. Which wasn't the best. I, I don't know. They just should just left Robert England um, cherish his role still. And I actually listened to a podcast the other day where there were some guys that ran into uh, their... Uh, the 85 South crew, if you don't listen to them, they're, they're, honey, they're freaking hilarious guys. But... Um, they're on another podcast I listen to, and they're talking about how they ran into him at an airport. And the guy's like, hey, you don't know who this guy is? He's like, look who's in front of us. And they're like, what? He's like, nah, dude, I don't know who that is. And he's like, that's motherfucking Freddy Krueger. How do you not know who that is? And they're like, out of all the people, he's like, out of all the people you're freaking out about, you're freaking out about this guy. And he's like, come on, man. 
He's like, yeah. And so they, they were talking, chatting with them. And they're like, hey, can you uh, take a, you know, do the voice for us? Or like, can you take a picture? He's like, nah, I'm, it's okay, man. He's like, I'm trying to control it. And they're like, oh, understood. And I guess some lady caught in front of him. And, and during the check, you know, to get through their gate. And then he does like the, hey. He like does the voice to the lady because he got upset. And they're like, oh, fuck. He's like, look at me. He's like, fuck a picture. I just got to hear this guy do Freddy. And he's like, damn, he is real. Like, <laughs> Robin is like that guy's got to be in this. No, like, he's a legend. Yeah. He's a legend. He's I got like for a fact, yo, I watched a show called The Goldbergs. And oh, um, yeah. they actually um, did like a little thing where they actually, um, like, they did like a little tribute to Nightmare on Elm Street. And was supposed to take place in the 80s and did a tribute and actually got Robert England to come and reprise his role as Freddy, which was actually was kind of cool. They were able to bring him along and it was kind of cool. And he said he enjoyed the experience and he enjoyed that, you know, the people that work on the show, you know, remember that those movies play an impact on their lives. It was kind of cool. So he even put on Twitter saying he, he enjoyed his time working on the Goldbergs and reprising the role as Freddy. So that was kind of cool. But it was like a picture of him and the actress who plays uh, Beverly Goldberg and it was like a picture of them together. It was like, kind of cool. But for me, like scary movies, like to me, I'm not much of a horror guy. I mean, I got we got cousins that pretty much are into horror movies because every time you go visit them, they'll put like a horror movie. That's all we watch. That's all they watch. That's all they watch. Or they're they're into like, the horror. They Honestly, they to me, it. when it comes to like scary films, I think the one that kind of hit me most. I mean, I yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street was scary to me. Like I say, Friday for Thirteen. Now back then, I found those being comical. I'm sorry, guys. I'm. Jason in the hockey mask. Okay, I understand that. The whole he's hiding his face and stuff, and he's, apparently he's a demon or something. Because I mean, honestly, in the first film, you know, he it was his mom was the main antagonist, and Jason comes one? in the first Friday Thirteenth. Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. was his mom was the main antagonist, and of course she's the one that was psychotic because apparently Jason was a kid that it was her son that drowned or something, mm-hmm. and then Jason has come out to like the end, and of course in the second film he wears a bag over his head, so he never actually got the mask. The, he never picked up the hockey mask. Until the third film, the iconic mask. To me, it was the movie It oh, with fuck. Tim Curry, dude. Yeah. When it was like a mini series, like people don't realize it was a mini series that was on television. And you know, I don't know how I, I don't remember where I first saw it, but that kind of freaked the shit out of me. The freaking Tim Curry as Pennywise. I mean, he gave a great performance in that film, and it's really cool. Like how he was doing it, but like, it made me afraid. And of course my folks say, oh, let's take it to the circus. And I'm like, no, that kind of freaked me out over the years. And to me, I help, I hold that film. Of course we got the new It, and you got It in it Chapter 2, but to me, honestly, that was the scariest one, was it was Tim Curry as Pennywise. And you know, Tim Curry, great phenomenal actor when it comes to roles, but that freaking scariest shit out of me was... Because nowadays now, but what was cool about those films back then, because it was all practical effects. Yeah. Nowadays now, with horror films, it's more like CG, computer generated, so not much. Yeah, they can push so much they can now, but back then, effects were like the king, dude. Like, you know, they, Joe Romero's all day to day, all to day, you know? You got Tom Savini, who's pretty much like the main, when it came to visual effects, he was the king of practical effects. He was the prop king because he always made like different effects and he always got contracted to do like, you know, makeup and visual work yeah. for those films. Um, honestly, it's like, like I said, to me, that's, I, I mean, of course, the Sinister movies were kind of scary too as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that Insidious, what was it called? It was like, oh, damn, Insidious, Insidious was yeah. fucking creepy as hell. That, that, those, that was actually kind of scary. Which, isn't that part of the Conjuring lore? I don't know if that's part of Conjuring. I think it was its own thing, though. Oh, it's the same director was was from the... Was they worked the on the Conjuring. I think it was... Yeah. 
but those, yeah, those, as far as, like, these kind of type of generational movies, like, those are some fucking freak. And another thing about the effects stuff, especially with during the 80s and, like, the, and with Carpenter, like, um, being very, um, inspirational when it came to horror movies, I think the effects being a big deal for people that give the big draw is because they were practical and people were looking for it because they wanted to be, I think that validated the movie as being something of a cult classic with their effects and it stood out and so especially with horror movies i mean and then when you see uh john romero doing his thing or george romero, or george yeah. romero i'm sorry and uh i was thinking of john carpenter still mm-hmm. but george romero doing his things with night of the living death and even and even that being such a, a very much a pioneering film when it came to effects i mean they've been doing horror movies since the the beginning of film so like Oh yeah, See, with like the uh, of, all these films. Yeah, I'm, I mean, look and at some people taking out the, too. You know, I mean, honestly, look at this. Apparently, it's been going on since the late 1800s because I just went on Google and I tried to find out what the first, you know, a horror movie. And here's a list: of the most first ten horror films, and they're all like in the late 1800s, like House of the Devil in 1896. So this House is before. So this one, cameras were still like new, and you know they didn't add audio, so pretty much these were silent films. So they only had like. When every time they show like in a theater, it was with a, or a person playing like a piano and they had to play like a certain music type yeah. to match with the scene. But look at this like The House of the Devil, 1896, A Terrible Night, 1896, A Nightmare, 1896, X Ray Fiend, 1897, Photographing a Ghost, 1898, The Cave of the Demons, 1898, Resurrection of a Course, 1898. So it's like. Then you got Nosferatu, which oh, is Nosferatu. the original the original film Nosferatu, who was like the vampire esque, you know, and it's like yeah, and then you got, because you got of course with Halloween, of course you got like these these authors like Mary Shelley, Bam Bam Stroker, and Edgar Allan Poe, their writings get translated to works because you had like. You know, like Universal, they had they created the monster universe. Yeah. Because you had Frankenstein's monster, you had Dracula, you had the Wolfman, and these were all derived from like from you know books. And it's like, I mean, Bela Lugosi, who like honestly, him and uh, Boris Karloff, you know, they both of their careers were basically on the horror esque you know genre. I mean, then you got. I mean, that was the big scary thing back then. Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr., like, they were, you know, the kings when it came to the craft. You had The Phantom of the Opera. It was another horror film, you know. You had that film as well. And, you know, the, the, basically the effects to make the, like those actors go through, like, the makeup and stuff just to make themselves look scary was freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm not into horror films, but I, I, I listen to, like, Podcasts and like you know, watch some YouTube videos. Like I think Cinemassacre says the best. That's why I look forward around this time October. I follow oh, Cinemassacre we, and they do a thing called Monster Madness, and pretty much they they do like little reviews of films and they talk about like, the old school horror films and stuff, and they do it every October. They do like a review, which yeah, is kind of cool. Day, every day there's a new um, a new film they're reviewing or talking about or discussing. And which John Rolfe, being such a big horror movie fan, it's awesome to get his perspective on it, and then him being um, a filmmaker and going to school for it. So like, he 
you can see his enthusiasm and his. I, I don't. I, I don't know. If I'm, I'm not gonna. T I don't like telling people what their passion is, but I, you can definitely see a, he's a big fan of all that, and he talks about it, and he knows so much about all these. He's done his research, and he covers movies like you mentioned from even like as early as the 1800s. So like, or the tail end of the 1800s, that's the beginning of the 19th, 20th century, and seeing them. Sam discussed that, and like I've always, always, we've been big fans of Cinemasker for years now, and then being able to uh, kind of keep keep up with his uh, Monster Man this month. Yeah, and, look something up. Huh? I'm just looking at it, like I went on Wikipedia. So oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, going back to him, yeah, it's like I never knew about these horror films. That's how he talks about yeah, it. Yeah, so, uh, and then with YouTube, if you guys don't know, um, Paramount and Columbia Pictures, they they have a lot, a lot, and I mean a lot, of their collection for free to, to, to watch on YouTube. Um, Which I've like never ads, got a chance but, to sit down yeah. and actually watch an old school horror film. Because like I said, I'm not much of a horror guy. I mean, to me, it's like, that's why Universal is king when it comes to, like, they were able to take these characters from books and give it its own, you know, flair to it. Damn, all these. Oh, and then Hitchcock, dude. Like, Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock, director of famous, right? The Birds, and then. Um, what the, is this one? Oh, yeah. Um, Alfred Hitchcock, who's synonymous when it comes to horror, Psycho. That's why you see a lot of like, shows parody. Vertigo is a scary movie. Vertigo. So just a lot of his work. I think he might be the. Probably the the, go the grandfather or godfather of like doing those cerebral type of. Going towards different fears, more uh, more realistic fearing things like bird, like a he did a scary movie about birds, mm. and like birds are st oh, fucking birds, man. There's a fear out of it, yeah. yeah I forgot there's... what it's called. It's like a term. I forgot the name of the term of it. Uh, the, the fear of birds. It's like yeah, he takes that you know that concept that he takes it, yeah, it's like a concept fears. and he takes it here. That's what he he pushes oh, like. He pushes. Let me let me look him up. Like Alfred Hitchcock, and it's like he pushes that fear. And Christopher Lee, great Christopher actor. Lee, he yeah. he was he played Dracula. He, um, but going back to Hitchcock, like he took like you know. I mean, if you see, remember, and then nowadays, now they play. Like a lot of people play uh, credit to um, Alfred Hitchcock for like they look from as um, uh, as inspiration. You know, and then like that show Bates Motel is based off, you know, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. It's based on that, and um, it's based on that work. He was a British filmmaker. Here we go, found it. And he's done a lot, like, but he was known for, you know, those movies, Dow Am for Murder, Strangers on a Train, um, North by Northwest, Psycho, Vertigo. Um... Pretty much, he did a lot of, like, a lot of his stuff is, you know, either reference or parody, but it's always pay a tribute to his work. And it's like, those are films that he pushed, like, the limits of the site. Like, pretty much try to get the mentality of the audience as well. I was trying, and he had, like, great actors in this film. Yeah, had Jimmy Stewart play, you know, one of his films as well. It's like, he usually had him on his films. And it's like, and then, um, what you call it? Like I said, doing that, and uh, they remember pacing these reruns of um, after his college presents when he comes out, and you hear, you hear this big that iconic thing, like, dun, 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 dun. they had a little caricature silhouette of him. He's yeah. like, he's a British actor, so he's like, good evening. And then he's like, introducing these like segments. Dun, dun, dun. He introduced these segments, and it was almost like a Twilight Zone type of thing. And, um. Wait, Hitchcock or Swanguli? 
Hitchcock. No, well, Sam uh, Gooley is another one. That's that's for us. If you remember our locals, there's Elvira. When it comes to Halloween, Elvira, yeah. Mistress of the Night. She used to. I think a lot of her stuff's actually on Verve. They actually have some of her stuff. Really? It's on the what channel? It's on the Shutter channel, on uh, on Verve. There's a thing called Shutter, which is basically like a horror esque like streaming service, where you show nothing but scary stuff. Fuck! I like. And oh, then Elvira, man. she was always hosting these movies. Like she'll do like I should. They put like local networking to host, and she became you know synonymous with that. To the point that she even had her own movie as the character, and she still looks good to this day and age. I'm like, she looks great. Um, but yeah, for us, we had Sam Gooley. Yeah, he was a Chicago, uh, a Chicago regular on WCIU. Uh, but we, Saturday night, uh, yeah, Saturday night on the U. They always he will introduce like these movies, these horror films. But his commentary was really great and stuff on it. Um, and then um, you know, that and then like comes to Halloween. Like I mean, to me, like when we were kids, like co- like I said, going back to Halloween, costumes weren't as you know great back then. I mean, compared to now, they're great. But to me, like I, that's the costumes I remember. What costumes do you remember dressing up as? Was I don't um, well. This is not necessarily Halloween, but for my birthday, I wanted a costume party when I was like four or five, and then I dressed as Spider Man. It was my fa- one of my favorite costumes. Uh, but some of my favorite costumes throughout the years, uh, I have been a greaser. I have been a, po- a Power Ranger. That's when you were the Blue Ranger, I think, and I was the Red Ranger. I don't know. Me and our cousin Ivan was. We, I think we, I think you two were power. We're one of the something. Yes, I yeah. just don't fucking remember. Uh, yeah, I, I was. Just... I've been. Uh, I've been. I've uh, screamed when that was big back in like 1997, 98. I was screaming. Oh, I was Darth Maul back when the Star Wars was coming out. Um, I've been a uh, regular uh, ghost. Uh, I've. I think with the last couple of years, I've also I went as a dead mouse before. I've I've went as a, one of my favorites was Edward Scissorhands because I put up I put a lot of work into that one. But that was my favorite. Um, I got an honorable mention in the costume contest, even though um, some people said it was rigged and I should have won. But no, nah, it wasn't. I voted for my cousin and ended up winning because he was a tapatio man. It was a fucking great, <laughs> great costume. Um, other ones no I know for a fact I kind of I'm, I'm pretty sure going to all these parties throughout the years oh it was a Tetris block once in the group costume oh that's kind of cool yeah we made a it was it was four of us and we won the group costume but uh, yeah we made Tetris blocks that was another one that was a very fun uh, costume and project to make see that's um, like a thing now when you're a kid it's like yeah go trick or treat but for us adults it's like you get to you know have parties and <laughs> you trick or treat is your trick or treat is going to parties and getting wasted uh, yeah. and, and dressing up. I think the most recent ones I can remember now is though, like I said, I think one year while I was CM Punk for one year, and because that time, yeah, I'm so into wrestling, but I say, oh, I'm dressed like CM Punk one year, and then one year we dressed as like one party once, so we, me and you dressed as the Mario Brothers. Oh yeah, we did the Mario Brothers too. That was a fun one. Yeah, um, we did that. Our friends were like, "What the hell did we do?" Our mom, like, we got to the point. Where even our like our neighbors, we went to their Halloween parties. That's what we did that one year. We went to our neighbors. Oh and, yeah, dressed up as uh, the Mario Brothers and our fan too. I've done that before. Yeah, I think I dressed as like, a football player one year and um, a Bears player in practice field. Um, it's a basketball. And then I think our parents got into it as well. My dad dresses like a gangster. Mom dresses like a 
an Egyptian queen, yeah, like a like a Cleopatra type person. A Cleopatra type person. Oh, I dress. No, she dresses Cleopatra, and her dad dresses like as a Roman. Oh, as a Roman Caesar, a, so Julius Caesar. You get yeah. the wig and everything, so it was kind of cool. Which we I mean, never thought our parents was. Yeah, our parents never dressed like up. What was kind of cool though. Yeah. And it's like nowadays, it's not, that's what it is for us and adults. Is like you get to go to Halloween parties, which is kind of cool. And I did, I did Deadpool. Well, I did like the one year I brought the, the Finpool costume. That was a pilot testing because oh, yeah. I came up with the whole concept of, you know, Deadpool dressed as Finn from Rancher Time. Before I made it as my staple costume, I did it like at one Halloween party. People loved it. Um, I think last year I actually did Deadpool, but I had him dressed as a baseball player. So I actually had a Deadpool baseball jersey, baseball cap. I was wearing a Deadpool costume. But, yeah, I, like I said, it's like, as a kid, and too, if you have kids, well, if you have our kids, yeah, I'll take them out trick-or-treating. I'm never going to take away that whole. Oh, hell yeah. I dress up and go with them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a special thing. I think it's a, just another, and that's also another reason why I like the holiday, especially when you have children, is that, it's a way for you guys to, you know, to really emphasize and embrace your kid and what they want to be and and then dress up with them. And I think, especially when they're younger, you can go with them and trick-or-treat them. Obviously, make sure that they're safe mm-hmm. and that there's not harm brought on to them. And you get to, you know, witness them experience a, a holiday that's celebrated, I want to say, hopefully globally. I know in America... You, since we market the hell out of these holidays that it's gonna it's a staple it's every year and and respects to people who don't necessarily cater to or celebrate the holiday i think it's nice to see that there's still people who hold up the tradition of dressing up in costumes and going out and i always like to see parents um who who go and with their kids while they go trick-or-treating or and they dress up the part i think it's interesting uh i I think throughout the years, I've tried, um, if I had to watch the house and, and do trick-or-treating, I'd dress up and try to scare them because it would be more fun for me to open the door and freak them out. <laughs> um, but I, my favorite costumes are the ones that you really put a lot of creative spin into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and hence why I think I'm trying to start a tradition where I want to dress up as different Tim Burton characters. I, I have yet to dress up as Jack Skellington because it's just a lot of work and it's not played out but a lot there's every every Halloween party I've ever been to there's always a fucking Jack Skellington always Mm -hmm. and so like it's like you'll get those or you'll get the the athletes um I remember I went to a party that they had a couple like a dressed up as tourists I think it was pretty fucking funny (laughs) um but I, I, I I I don't even know if I'm doing it this year, but like I think it's it's nice, especially being an adult and not forgetting those things. Because who doesn't like, like I said, who doesn't like to dress up and be something different or quirky or really like? Because you can show your own personality through these things. Uh, my my boss, uh, she actually the other night when we were leaving, she was going to a Halloween party and she um, she dressed up. She ended up scraping up a costume just using the stuff we had at work. And she ended up becoming, uh, she was a house painter because, and she put like a name tag on her, uh, the painting clothes, mm-hmm. and she put F Knuckles, and if you're not familiar, Frankie Knuckles, it, it was basically the pioneer of house music, and in, mm-hmm. in Chicago, it was the founding, the, the, the epicenter of house music is when it first came out, mm-hmm. and so Frankie Knuckles, R.I.P., passed away uh, earlier this year, and, and so I thought it was... When I asked her what she was, she's like, oh, I'm a house painter, get it? I was like, fuck yeah, Frankie Knuckles is the best. 
So like I thought I it was such a simple costume, but it made sense. And I think I like my some of my favorite costumes are those where things that you could put together or like how you mentioned with the Deadpool and the Finn, him dressed as Finn and like and if you're not familiar with Deadpool, he's always like up to different antics and he's dressed up as different different things. So like it, it makes That's why sense. I see like it's kinda cool because when I see like convention stuff. Yeah, yeah, Deadpool dresses anything, but Deadpool can dress as anything, basically. That's what's cool about being Deadpool, like, he dresses anything. He's easy, like, to me, Deadpool's almost like a fanboy itself. So, because supposedly, like, in some of the comics, he was mentioned as being a fan of anime and Dragon Ball and stuff. And then you go to conventions, you got people dressed as Deadpool, like, in different garb. And it's kind of cool. I saw one time, we went one year to, like, C2E2. I was doing my, I was, like, the first year I did the Finpool costume, and people loved it. People took pictures, and I had kids walk up to me wanted to get a picture and then me you know Deadpool dressed as Santa walk by fist bump each other and they're like cool concept and stuff so it's kind of fun like like to me it, when I dress up it kind of makes me comfortable like for me because right now last year I kind of died because I took psychology so I kind of diagnosed myself with a kind of acute uh, social anxiety where you know some days I don't want to be around people or it's it's hard for me to be with a lot of people and but then, of course, and also as well, at work sometimes. And if I get to the push to the point, I'll start having panic attacks, which to me, I never had that. But it's like, and there's times when I don't sleep, it's like, oh shit, you know, it's like, um, I get that a lot. And it kind of made me brave, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It's because I have a little cousin and she got into wrestling. So, and she was doing like a thing. And I decided, you know what, um, let's do her a favor. We're gonna, I told her, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna dress as a wrestler for your party. She's turning 11. And she kind of credits me as to getting her into, you know, loving professional wrestling. And that's kind of cool because her dad dresses Ric Flair mm-hmm. and my Uncle Sal, who you, you probably, if you remember, he was on that one episode, wrestling um, podcast episode. Um, he was dressed as El Santo, so he had, like, the luchador mask and everything. That was kind of cool. He sure had the luchador mask on there, which I do respect. So I told her, like, if you want, I'll dress as CM Punk. So I did what I did. I got everything together. I got to the point I had the knee pads. I had the MMA style kick pads that CM Punk wears in this costume. And I had the belt and everything and the wrist things. I even had his hoodie, his t-shirt. So she was really grateful. And to me, it kind of made me felt... Because there was, I was surrounded by people that most of them I knew, most of them I didn't know. But I think being conscious kind of helped me out. Being Give me a little bit of a confidence because I was pretending to be something I'm not. Mm-hmm. But being costume like it helps you bring out your creative side. Like you were able to do something. Like I was able to push myself. Because to me, I try to go to social gatherings, but I'm not much of a social guy. But I try to. I try. But it's like some days I don't want to be around people. I just want to be at home. And right now, as you see, my hand is kind of shaking a little bit because it gets, it's you know it's kind of hard because I last past week at work I had a lot of things happen to me. I always had a panic attack again. It's like being you know being you know having this mental. Thing I'm not saying it's like a setback, but it's kind of kind of realize you know I'm not the only person. There's a lot of people with mental issues. Like I'm sorry, this podcast turned a dark turn, but it's like it's like I'm trying to get myself feel better. And you know my brother, my Biko is like another one. So, I mean we both have some similarities when it comes to mental issues. So it's kind of we could be able to connect on that level. So but going back to Halloween, yeah, I enjoy dressing costume. It's kind of fun, you know, as adult. But yeah, like. As a kid, it was great, you know, you get to go get candy, you go over your friends, and of course, people, and when it comes to Halloween, they associate with the bad thing, because then you got the pranksters. Now we got to talk about the pranksters, <laughs> when it comes to Halloween. Yeah. 
And it's like, before we get into that, you know, I kind of like to, like, TV embraces Halloween. But remember, like, watching the old sitcoms on, um, was it, like, like on the TGIF, like, block, you had Family Matters, had the Halloween episodes, um, they had, oh, that one year, uh-huh. with Steve Urkel, um, he built, like, uh, they had the, the ventriloquist dummies, steve was supposed to be, like, the evil ventriloquist dummy, and, of course, they had, like, a little person pose when he's running around when he's getting chased when steve gets chased by the dummy and stuff <laughs> and they went that one year yeah, like the year later they have one with so. uh they have one with like uh, steven carl they have dummies of themselves and they're chasing after them and that was one thing home improvement they had that one episode um with, because tim loves halloween and he always tries to go over the top so they build like what this haunted house in his basement and they had what's his name Ryder strong guest starring there's like the bully who's supposedly not scared and stuff <laughs> So it goes by Michael Jacobs Productions, who worked on Boy Meets World. Yeah. So that was a good episode. Yeah, and Roseanne had that one episode too, the haunted house, and he got DJ. You get the voiceover. Well, but how's the hell, ha ha. Like the voice. So it's kind of like that. TV itself embraces the holidays. And same thing with the Big Bang Theory. They had like the Halloween episodes. Well, they didn't have that much Halloween episodes, but mm. I kind of like like the sitcoms is like showing, hey, they celebrate Halloween too. So it's like kind of like when they do like these holiday specials and. Um, they do that. They embrace like the Halloween holiday itself. Um, like I said, you know, it's a great holiday. I mean, yeah. Of course, we're going back to like the pranksters. Yeah, Halloween associated with pranksters. People play pranks on each other during Halloween. And of course, the whole thing, you know, toilet paper sales and egg sales go up because you know the whole thing where if you don't, yeah. people don't like the candy, you them, they'll try to egg your house, like or what? they throw toilet paper around. It's like, and of course, you know, the whole smashing pumpkin thing. You know, they'll smash your pumpkin or something. So that's why people are like, you got the adults who are pretty much scared of Halloween because, you know, that's when all the, you know, the bad seeds come out. and There's a lot of crazy people out there and they yeah. think that they should wait until Halloween comes up so in order for them to do something. And, and they think, they take advantage of it. So, you know, but that's, it's funny. I remember when the clown thing was happening. Oh, yeah, the clown. The creepy clowns and like trails and shit that was going down, oh, yeah. which it, it was just like a bunch of people. So it's like. Those things are scary, and I'm not saying that's not gonna happen again. But it's like those are that shit can happen every day. It's just that they tend to wait until fucking Halloween because that's when people are already scared. Like it's in the mental, it's in your mind. Um. So, but yeah, pranks. Resolving to your house getting teepeed if you have trees in your front yard, and mostly like you're gonna get fucked. eggs if you like i don't know those are like old school ways to think i don't know if that still happens. i don't know who came up with the whole egg throwing crazy people in small towns probably and then of course what i do love about halloween as well as you get the urban legends and the ghost stories because mm, yeah. i remember going there like, going to jesus school where you know we had this nun and it was cool like instead of like because we had to do music class music study class and she will bring out these old Halloween records and, oh, and, and uh, Sister Mary, Sister Emily was her Sister name. Mary. Yeah, Sister, Sister Emily, Emily. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. You know, she was great. She was the she best. She's actually really cool music teacher. And she and she usually will play like these old Halloween story esque records. What they actually were actually really well done because you had a narrator. You actually had sound effects and everything. It was like these radio plays, but collected on a record. So I don't know where she got them, but they were they're kind of cool because it was like you never thought that you know. You go to, you know, what comes to Catholic schools, all they embrace, you know, Halloween. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's all about spirituality and stuff. And, I'm, and, I mean, I don't know if you ever... And, of course, we used to play, like, games. You know, Halloween associated with games like Ghost in the Graveyard, you know. 
playing games like that, you know, it was, you know, kid like schoolyard games, but, um, and Urban Legends, I'm not very familiar with Urban Legends, I don't know if you ever heard any stories around that time that people, like, tried to pass around and stuff, so me, it's like, let me see if I can, I don't know, Urban Legends, more or less just, like, weird, like, happenings of paranormal shit. Of course, you got, like, res- like for, like, Injustice Illinois, there's our Resurrection Mary, and, yeah. Um, let me see if I can look up like Chicago Ghost Stories or something. I mean, oh, look at that! Breaking news. Oh, Fucking we got some breaking news, guys. Uh, Trump is in Chicago right now. Yeah, apparently he was. Floor. I guess the World Series is going on. You got the Washington Nationals playing the Astros. Apparently, um, they show his face on the Titan on the video screen, the video board at the Nationals Park, and he got booed severely of course and this is in dc guys and he got booed severely it's kind of embarrassing but it's not surprising either yeah uh, i mean but like like ghost stories is another thing too like that when it comes to halloween it's like um the only thing that sucks nowadays that, now that i noticed with uh with Halloween, every every because it's always the thirty first, mm-hmm. is that more and more that we get it, the more and more that Christmas is already inching, and like we yeah, it kind of is like a reminder that Christmas is almost there. Are always they're starting to like fucking put stuff out early, and like it's getting rid of the idea that it's like Christmas is still a whole other fucking like two months away basically, and they're already putting stuff out. Oh, excuse me, I I I think. I, a few weeks ago, I was I went to Macy's and they fucking already have all their Christmas stuff out and they're playing some of the music in their se- particular section. It's like, are you guys kidding me right now? Like, holidays are arbitrary, but I, they're they're in the business of putting that in your mind already, and it happens every year. So people are and not every, and Christmas being a way what they claim a religious based holiday, it's it's crazy for me to see that they're doing that. And celebrating right before, and they just want you to buy shit, and that's fine if you're doing that. But still, like nonetheless, it's ridiculous. Like why? But I succeed. I think it's strange how, for Halloween being at the end of the month, it goes by rather fast, and so you have the whole month to kind of prepare yourself, and then once the night happens, it's done. That's it. But with Christmas, it's literally always in our mind every fucking day, and it's, and it's just the 25th and yes there's a family aspect to it but then if you don't have that you get pressured into buying gifts it's like i don't like a holiday that puts pressure on you it's just then it's not a holiday mm-hmm. it's like are you really ce- you're celebrating the stress to having to get gifts for people if you can't afford you can't afford it. the gift of it is just being able to spend another year with your family and or you know kind of reestablish your values and, and try to understand how important family is if you're if you have that relationship with mm-hmm. your family obviously people with different circumstances but if you can just cherish that and i think halloween does a better job of showing that like oh what better way than to embrace your kids creativity and stuff by dressing up in a costume with them instead of feeling pressure to get gifts that this person may not like or it's an appreciation of it as well but i think halloween for me, it will always stand out because of that. Uh, being able to be creative, being able to be, to dress up in a costume and to be silly or to be a character, to get free candy. Who doesn't want free candy? If you don't like candy, that's on you. 
uh, bobbing for apples, having a party and celebrating with your friends, getting wasted if you wanted to. <laughs> However you celebrate it, I think Halloween does a good job. And we get we get art from it, different art. Like horror movies are, I see what you will, but it's art. It's an art form. It's been here for, for centuries, as you can tell. Eighteen eighty six. Holy shit! So yeah, got, and we'll, hopefully they get better. You know that too. Tales of the Crypt. Oh, yeah, man. Tales of the Crypt. Was, oh, we never mentioned Stephen King. We didn't even say Stephen King. Well, we said it, but we, that was the TV epicenter series. Um, I didn't finish all of it too when I was talking about the Joker driving experience. But uh, from what I saw that first hour, I did not like it. I thought it was dumb. Oh, but wow. I didn't see the reboot of it one, or I didn't see that it one. I heard it was scary, but that's from my asking people about two what they seen it they didn't like it they just didn't it was just weird and the way it ended when I, my friends kind of told me how it ended because I was like I don't think I'll plan on seeing this after watching this for an hour and a half because it's a long ass movie they said there's like it's like two hours and 40 something minutes so I'm like for what this the whole beginning first hour it just made no sense and it was really stupid and then they tell me how it ends and I thought it was even more stupid like mm-hmm. just how they did it and it's just like okay well Whoever was writing this was probably super, either, I would hope, drunk. Because if you were high, I would hope you would come up with different ideas. Because, man, I've smoked, and I smoke, and I I get some of, some of my best, like, comedic ideas come out of that shit. Or some of my writing comes out from that. So, like, I, I find it hilarious that um, that first, like, what would you call it, remake, reboot? Reboot, we'll say reboot. That re- first reboot found a lot of success. And then they made a part two to it because it was it tapped. Because the book is it like it's just, like it's a big book, isn't it? It's like yeah, because it, it jumps it back before because it jumps back and forth between it's such kids a long and the real. Yeah, because well, yeah, because it establishes it when they're kids, and it brings why what brought them together in, in that town of Maine because all of the all the books that Stephen King writes. Yeah, that's what I got. That's why my yeah. roommate Mondo was like telling us about yeah. Castle Rock, and Castle Rock supposedly takes place in this town of Maine, Maine. Yeah, which serves as like an inspiration for all. All the Stephen King films because all all Stephen King books are usually they, he uses like because Stephen King's from the Northeast, yeah, and it's pretty established he's from there from the Northeast region. So he's always going to credit Maine as the main setting, this town in Maine, this fictional town in Maine, as as the saints for all these like for all these happenings. And then right now, who has Castle Rock, which is a nod to Stephen King, mm-hmm. which right now they just released the second season. Apparently, they're promoting Misery is coming to Castle Rock. So it's like, oh, it could be like the next thing. Oh, uh, when it comes to Stephen King, like I, the only film, like besides it, the only other film I saw by Stephen King that was horror was Christine. Oh yeah, fuck Christine, that was a good one. It's kind of like a car that kills, and then you, I mean, I never seen The Shining. Yeah. Sorry guys for not for hating me. I have never seen The Shining. Mm-hmm. I know the concept thinks you. The best thing too about Halloween too, about, about Halloween, The Simpsons treat us a horror. Oh yeah! Oh my God! In the nineties, when they start doing the Halloween episode, the Halloween things are like a year after the first season. Like after season two, when they start doing the, the Halloween episodes, and they took inspiration, you know, from The Shining and other other works like Grand, like they paid tribute to all these horror legends and stuff. They they did a little thing on The Shining. Oh, all the shit. Because it's like Bart's like, oh, you mean shining, and then Willie's like, oh, you want to get sued? It's the shit. <laughs> and they do their tributes to Stephen King. It's like, and of course, I never seen the film, and of course, uh, people are saying, oh, Doctor Sleep's coming out, which is supposedly the guy in Doctor Sleep is supposedly Ed McGregor is supposed to be the kid from The Shining. 
and supposedly he's going like it's him, but all grown up. And supposedly he's not the only. I saw the trailer for it because I uh, went to go see. Um, what film was it? I went to go see Joker. They were showing the trailer for Doctor Sleep, and based on what I saw in that trailer, um, yeah, it's the sequel to The Shining. It's basically yeah. a callback, a sequel to it. It's the kid when he's all grown up. Apparently, he became like. He has the powers, and I guess as he finds another person that has the same type of mental powers as him, and this group is following them. And it shows some flashbacks to, because they end up going back to the Overlook Hotel, and it goes back to where it all began, basically. Mm. And it looks like an interesting movie. It's called Doctor Sleep, and it's going to come out in theaters soon. And it's basically what it is. It's like going back to The Shining. Um But yeah, like when it comes to Stephen King, that's one of the ones I've seen. And of course I've seen The Green Mile, but that's to me... One of Stephen King's not so scary films or scary books. I read the, the Green Mile, which was a great book. Um, but anything like Stephen King related, I, I heard of Misery itself because a lot of TV shows are they'll parody it. Um, they'll parody um, Stephen King's works or they'll pay tribute to Stephen King's works. Like I said, in the case of Poison Simpsons, because yeah. they pay tribute to Bam Stoker's Dracula film from like the early '90s, because they had one episode where Mr. Burns dresses like. The vampire look in the Bansford Dracula film that had Keanu Reeves in it, which I didn't realize he was in that film. Um, uh, the whole concept with the gremlin on the bus, which is basically take on Hitchcock's um, There's a Gremlin on the Wing. Of course, you know, William Shatner was on there, and um, of course, the zombies and all that stuff. That concept, like the concept of zombies, are of course, associated with Halloween itself. I mean, also, too, when it comes to like anime, there's a lot of like horror esque type anime out there. They picture they picture the Halloween and stuff, so it's like the concept of demons and all that stuff. Of course, that's also plays the corner of Halloween. But when it comes to Stephen King, like, have you do you, are you familiar more with Stephen King films? Did you watch any of his films? Yeah, adaptations. I mean, um, I don't. Besides the chapter two, I've seen Christine, and then uh, watching the original it, mini series on television later on visiting because we watched it um, when I was in college. We watched it uh, to analyze certain things. Um, but that that scared the shit out of me again. Because I remember... Boy, Tim Curry's Benny was. house when I was a kid, and that fuck was insane. Uh, I've seen The Shining. It's been a while. And then I saw that movie, uh, Room 237, which kind of analyzes it, um, kind of the conspiracy around it with... Oh, because supposedly that was the room where Stephen King stayed at the hotel, this one hotel that's an actual setting... Well, he took the setting of that film. Yeah, the but that, the conspir- no, but he analyzed how why Kubrick chose the way he analyzed the whole movie of The Shining and why Kubrick po- placed certain things, and he described why Stephen King didn't like uh, that because he basically took the book and not did anything remotely. Not not too much. He he very much took his own uh, creative rights into it, which is fine because he was trying to project different things and different symbolisms different shots why I gotta say it's something hard to adapt but it's an interesting watch I think that documentary was very well uh, made and I would suggest it I would recommend it definitely watching that uh, if you're a fan but no yeah Christine we watched it a lot as a a child and it scared the fuck out of me too it's also why I love listening to Little Richard as well because it reminds me that Keep On Knocking song plays it in the car of but yeah, our parents let us, my mom let us watch a lot of shit we shouldn't have watched when they were kids. But that's how it was in the 90s. Like, nobody was, nobody was as over-sensitive as it is now It's in this climate where everyone wants to just cancel things instead of actually have a conversation and try to understand. But, um, as far as Stephen King, I, I watched that. I've seen, um, 
what is it? Stand by Me is not horror, but it's mm-hmm. it was a very coming of age movie that had some sort of like dark tones to it. Uh, but I I remember stuff like that. Like he he has always been a prolific writer that I've gotten into. I haven't I've seen the movie Insomnia with Pacino, and I haven't I haven't finished the book in its entirety because it's a long read. Because Stephen King is an excellent writer when it comes to building up a whole. Uh, a whole idea off of and, and story. He just sent, and we all know it to this day. He's still going. So, um, his movies will always be uh, horror cult classics that are coming out. I would hope uh, and say what you will, but these new adaptations that are coming out, I would hope that they continue to bring forth his ideas onto the screen. Um, I, and because I think. Halloween more than ever with some some of these horror movies coming out that are just not great and they rely on old tropes that just don't work anymore and they're not creative. Um, I have yet to see Midsummer, even though it's been out for a while now, but I really want to see that. Even my parents watched that movie and they said it was crazy and I wanted to see it, but um, like movies like Get Out was in like uh, what uh. Jordan Peele, right? Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele. Yeah, yeah. he's fucking a, a great, and I, I see, I see his, and then Us, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to see it, I think he is definitely going to be some sort of the new, the, the com- contemporary generation's excellent horror writer, because he makes these movies, and then right now, I think he's currently, so and he's hosting the, the, the new Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm a, yeah, it's on CBS All Access right now. He's hosting there. I heard it's like really good. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, Black Mirror has always been something that I revisited that I think is is kind of gives you that fix. Because I like I like horror too, but think I as far as film goes, the ones that I like more when it comes to film and TV are shit that makes you think and, mm-hmm. and plays with your mind. Yeah, Black Mirror is a good one. Yeah, so like I rather, I, I those those type of of intellectual properties and uh, create and like works and pieces and put together are things that I really enjoy more. Um, and then cause and books that, that come out, uh, mystery thrillers, just creepiness. I, I tend to I seek out more than thinking about whether, whether they make another Halloween, which I saw the last Halloween that came out and they all the sequels. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like who doesn't want to see Jamie Lee Curtis with a fucking twelve gauge? But like it's fine. It was it did what it, it had to do. It it was it wrapped it up for pretty fairly, and it was nice. It was just nice to see Michael Myers doing some pretty gruesome killings again. So it was cool. But fuck, man, I'm just kind of like eh, a too little, too late sort of deal. Which I think that's what's the problem with Hollywood as well is that they only want to cash in on these weird properties that are household names, but from a generation from a generation that might not it's 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 giving them fan service but then it's you still have to market and sell to the the new the new i guess market yeah you need to capture these kids and i know i I know that it's what they're trying to do but they do it so lazily because they you know the movie business is a risk it's it's a big risk now it's not the only way for you to get entertainment and i think Hollywood, if they don't change up their act on certain things, like I want to see the Lighthouse first of all before I trash on Hollywood. I really want to see the Lighthouse. It's it's called it's with William Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. It's supposed mm. to be fucking scary and it's in black and white and it looks really cool. Mm. Um, I forgot who directs it, but uh, I really want to see it. And with that said, Hollywood is if they don't if they don't get on the train by now, I it's. 
I think the movie industry is going to continue to be a big risk. Continue, and we're going to see a lot of dive downs on creativity, and a lot of projects there. Um, and maybe we'll see a rise in indie again. Like not saying that there isn't a a, a good indie scene because there definitely is, but. I think we would see a lot more independent titles come up onto the feature film screens. That way, we'll get more, more. Uh, yeah, because speaking of like variety, because right now, like CM Punk was promoting the film that he was on. He recently worked on called Girl on the Third Floor, mm-hmm. which is a horror film that was filmed actually in Chicago, and actually they filmed it in a legit haunted house. And it was like in the northern suburbs, and they just came out right now. So he's doing promotion for that, and came out. But it's like an indie film, but it's in select theaters right now. But going back to Halloween as well, too. I mean, McDonald's was a big promoter, promoter for Halloween. Remember when he said the buckets? Yeah. Remember the plastic buckets when he had a Happy Meal? They gave you like the bucket, and you said, "Remember the McNuggets we were like these funny costumes?" Like I said, they'll give out like coupons during Halloween. So like, and plus there was commercials too, and then you had like this General Mills. You know, they always had, they come out with a cow chocula, blueberry, and uh, Frankenberry. Remember yeah. those cereals? Oh, God. Funny thing is, I never tried those cereals. I ever, because I used to work in. Oh, they're great. They always promote those cereals. And the problem is, they always had those cereals around Halloween. They never, it was never, they were like a normal staple. They were just always around Halloween. You get those three cereals, like Count Chocula and all this stuff. And of course, the candy. I mean, you can't deny the candy. Of course, on Halloween, candy. Yeah, candy. Because every time you go to a grocery store, it's all different. When it comes to Halloween, they all just promote the candy. Um, like I said, and no, it was cool. Like, like I said, going back, to like, and then you see commercials. Like M and M's has that commercial right now with Halloween, and then you know, you got the red and yellow. M and M's are walking out of the house. They're like, oh, we're avoiding, and then M like, I feel cold, and then. You see the uh, the yellow M&M, you can tell he was eaten because he's flown away and he's become like a ghost. Um, there's different ones. I think Twinkies had that one commercial. Um, night, a lot of companies did that. And I was watching, you know, Cinemaster, they did like the whole, they talked about Halloween stuff and they didn't mention like the commercials and stuff. They mentioned like that one Twinkies commercial with the vampire. He's like, hey, where's the cream filling? He, what is the cream filling? So they were talking about that. They were talking about McDonald's and all this stuff. And they did bring up a point, you know, with the Halloween and stuff, like Elvira and all that stuff. So it was kind of cool. And that kind of cool. They actually nodded said said Ghouli. So that was kind of cool. They actually mentioned him while I was watching this episode. It's on their website, on their YouTube channel. It was kind of cool. They mentioned him and stuff, how they hate playing Impact in that culture when it comes to Halloween. It was kind of cool. And, I mean, um, like I said, Halloween, like I said, I love the holiday. But it kind of sucks that now when you're adult, especially, uh, it's fun to talk about Halloween when it's on a weekend, because during the week, it's like you work, and it's like you don't have time. It's like with us right now, because we're all working, I'm, I, I, it sucks I won't be able to give out candy. I, I, couldn't, I bought candy last year, the problem was I was working, so I didn't get a chance to be out there and giving candy to the kids. I was I would love doing that. I think I did it one year, I loved doing it, because I got to see the kids in different costumes, and I was like cool seeing the looks in their faces and how happy and joyous they are for getting candy but it kind of sucks when you're working and you can't really take part in the tradition but it was lucky we were able to go to Halloween parties you know we had cousins who were into it and yeah. able to do it in this year so I mean yeah we didn't see you know yeah Halloween passes and then Halloween's gonna pass and then of course it kind of like you said kind of like reminds us oh yeah Christmas is on its way you know it's like Great, you know. Yeah, it's it's. it's I wanted. Okay, to I'm not special. dishing. I'm not like 
bashing on Thanksgiving, but to me, Thanksgiving is just getting together for dinner. <laughs> that to me, that's what a Thanksgiving is. It's pretty much the time when you get like you get. It's a way for relatives to get together and have a meal, have a dinner. Yeah, yeah to me, that's what it is. But it's surrounded by terrible backstory. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> which is, hasn't changed unfortunately. Yeah, but. Um, it's it's still sad that Christmas has to overshadow this thing, and it's just so so dumb. So I'd rather celebrate New Year's. <laughs> I mean, I was looking right now. I was looking at like the ghost stories of Chicago and our city. Uh, surprisingly enough, our city is associated with legends and stuff. And apparently, there was ones like I forgot about H. H. Holmes. If you don't know. Oh, yeah. Apparently in Inglewood, right now it's a post office house, and it used to be man. the that used to be the site of the murder house. Yeah. If you're not familiar with H. H. Holmes, honestly, he was like the earliest serial killers. But he was a genius when it comes to like he had this house commission. I wonder if I can look him up right now. I mean we can talk about him because it's kinda of like almost like a Halloween type story. I mean, especially right now we're a few days from Halloween, but um H.H. Holmes, like I said, if you guys are not familiar with him, he was one of the earliest like serial killers and known in Chicago. Um, he had this house built in, I think where it is, the Inglewood neighborhood, which is in the Inglewood neighborhood. But he basically built a house, like it was a hotel, but uh, he built it with like trap doors. And I think there's like a documentary, apparently. There's like a documentary on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, he was born in 1861. He died. He died in 1996. But he was he was a doctor, so he knew how to. He, he was a, mayor, a serial killer, but he was a doctor, so he knew how to. People look at this. Look at this. Look at this picture, dude. It's like he's wearing like a bowler hat. He's got the big ass mustache. Yeah, he's and, a fuck. He was a fuckhead. And yeah, he built this house. He had this house commission. Um, it was a drugstore. It was a corner, apparently you said he was at a corner of South Wallace Avenue and 63rd Street in Inglewood. And now it's a post office now. But I, So what he did was he bought the empty lot from drugstore. It says the construction began in 1887 for a two-story mixed-use building with apartments on the second floor and retail spaces, including a drugstore. On the first, when Holmes declined to pay the architects of the steel company, I assume they sued in eighteen eighty and eighteen ninety two. He added a third floor, telling investors and suppliers he tend to use as hotel during the upcoming World's Columbia's exposition. Little they know that apparently, that I guess uh, apparently the some furniture suppliers that he commissioned to give him materials. Apparently, according to this Wikipedia article, apparently he hit him, and he actually got like he actually built like soundproof rooms and mazes in the hallway. So basically, it was like a murder house. It was basically a, a way to, uh, where apparently he had uh, soundproof rooms, mazes of hallways that seemed to go nowhere. Many of the rooms were outfitted with chutes that would drop straight down to the basement where Holmes had acid vats, quicklime, and a crematorium disposed of his victims' bodies. Hmm. It says, supposedly the search made the news. Investors for the plant hotel pulled out the deal when a jeweler in the building showed them the articles. The hotel was gutted by a fire started by an owner. The story that Holmes was arrested. But it was largely rebuilt and used as a post office until 1938. So, but it says the hotel was somewhat completed with three stories and a basement. The first floor was a storefront. The second store consisted of elaborate torture rooms, which contained a chute. The third floor was mostly apartment rooms. And apparently, in 1994, some police officers inspected the hotel. 
Holmes was out. During the inspection, they found rooms with hinged walls and false partitions, rooms linked with secret passageways, even airtight rooms that were connected to pipelines filled with gas, which Holmes had used as gas chambers. Says Holmes would use shoes to deliver the bodies to the basement. While it's there, he may use the surgical tables and radical medical tools to dissect them before selling their organs and bones in the black market into the medical so institutions. Crazy. So basically, he was like the first serial killer. Look at yeah. this. Look at the picture of the house, dude. Look at it. And he called it the murder castle. Look at the picture. Hmm. Look at that thing. Yeah, yeah it look. Yeah, it looks like a fucking regular old Chicago building with apartments on top, and he just created into his fucking. Den, which I, I, which show was it that they kind of recreated? Oh, and Dexter, there's a, and I think towards the later season, there's like a guy who tried to basically emulate that. Like he would have fun. He would like, he would meet girls at clubs and bars. He was pretty built guy, like, like a big bull guy type of stocky and, and, uh, he would invite him to the, his house and he would like play games with them and shit before he goes and basically murders them and that's when Dexter finds out and he follows him. But uh, yeah, they kind of, I think that there's true inspiration from H.H. H. Holmes and um, I see his books, I've seen books written on him that are always on sale at Barnes and Noble <laughs> for fucking like, he was one, probably the biggest serial killer in America. Uh, and considering that whatever they can record is is as far as what, how many deaths do they find based on the bodies they found, like it's probably way more than we even know of. Yeah, because apparently according to the article, it was like I guess he confessed to all twenty seven murders. Yeah, I see all twenty seven. It's got to be more. It's got to be more. I mean, I mean, that's like wow. It's like this guy was actually sweaty. He was a doctor, so it's like he knew what honestly he what he was doing basically. Mm, hell yeah. As a yeah, it's like wow. It looks like he was put on trial. It was his death. It was under. Uh, it says it says here evident Holmes also murdered the some Pitzel children. Finally, his conviction. Holmes confessed to twenty-seven murders in Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto. Those persons he confessed to murder were still alive. And six attempted murders. Holmes was paid seventy-seven thousand five seventy-five hundred, which was would be worth about two hundred twenty-six thousand dollars today by. Hearst newspapers in exchange for his confession was quickly found in the most nonsense. Holmes gave various contradictory accounts of his life and she claimed that innocence and later that he was possessed by Satan. His propensity for lying had made it all difficult for researchers to discern the truth on the basis of the statements. And look at this, they actually have a quote on here from Holmes. He said that I was born with a devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world. He has been with me since. Mm-hmm. And I guess then they had like conceptual pains and I guess he was hanged. Looks like he... Damn. Apparently, despite this, he asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried 10 feet deep because he was concerned Gray Roberts would steal his body. So the section, Holmes' neck did not snap. He was instead strangled to death slowly, switching for over 15 minutes before being pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap has been sprung. It's weird. Yeah. Dude's fucking wild. Now, apparently, there's been like a rumor saying that supposedly in 2017, I guess, finally some of this castle went up in flames that those visitors found that half-empty gas can underneath. So then go it's occupied the eagle branch of the United States. In 2017, amid allegations, Holmes had infected the same execution. Holmes' body was exhumed for testing. Due to his coffin being contained cement, that his body was found not to have decomposed normally. His clothes were almost perfectly preserved and his mustache was found to be intact. 
the boss, the body was possibly identified as being that of Holmes with his teeth, and Holmes was then re- reburied. That's kind of interesting. It's and like I said, and look at this. It, it looks like it inspired in pop culture and stuff, which is interesting. This novel called Marathon Gothic. Um, so there's like a documentary on it too. It's like interesting, like use. That's what I said about Halloween. It's like the whole you know telling ghost stories and legends. So, mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't know. I got anything else to add? You want to got anything else to add about Halloween before we wrap up? Um, other than you should check out some of the shit they have on Netflix but other than that I uh, would say just stay away from it part chapter 2 because I just didn't like it <laughs> but if you want to just watch it because you've watched chapter 1 I sure go right ahead but I fucking am not watching it uh, I'm not watching the rest of it because I was just disappointed um, no I all I could say is that I hope you guys are f- fans of Halloween um, please celebrate accordingly be safe um, if you decide to go out and get wasted with your friends and celebrate, be safe. You know, get an Uber driver or Lyft if you have it available. Please be safe. There's no reason. There's no need, especially these days, there's no need to do something like that to get in a car and drive drunk. Just call an Uber. It's it's cheaper and it's, it's prices comparing it to your life. So, um, and celebrate. Watch The Great Pumpkin Patch, Charlie Brown, or I keep saying Patch. But it's just I think The Great, great pumpkin. pumpkin. I think it's called The Great Yeah, story. watch that. Watch uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Watch um, your favorite horror movie. Oh, uh, I think I mentioned uh, there was this cartoon called The Halloween Tree. I don't know what that is. It was this old cartoon. It's showing Cartoon Network, and I think um, Cinemaster talked about it. It was mm-hmm. like this. It was produced by Hanna-Barbera. It was... I gotta look it up, but it's a great film, too. It, talks, it actually talks about Halloween itself, like the different rituals and cultures. It's business. Yeah. And before I wrap up, like, yeah. I would say for you guys, um, it's Halloween. Like, like Biko says, go out and celebrate. Do it safely. Kids, you know, enjoy your costumes. I know it's going to be chilly. Make sure you dress warm. Wear, like, re- wear some kind of reflective. Have a flashlight with you. Because people drive crazy on Halloween. Make sure if you're, <laughs> if you're young, have your parents with you. Um, enjoy your candy. Make sure to check first. But don't try to eat it all in one bite. I tried it one year. I got sick the next day. Yeah, so fuck. never, like, take your time with your candy. It's not going anywhere. It's in a wrapper. It's not going to spire. Just fucking treat yourself. Share it with your friends. Share it with Yeah, people. don't, Eat like, candy. yeah. Don't make the mistake I did. Like, one year, I decided to eat a whole bunch of candy the same, that night. And then I end up, like, ugh, the next day. Use a guard. Use a pail. I don't know. Use the pillowcases. They hold more candy than those little pails <laughs> they sell at the store. What the fuck's the point of and, that? Just ask, or ask your parents if they still have the McDonald's pail buckets. They'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they'll not. definitely know what I'm talking about because I remember my mom kept ours for so long and it had like the pumpkin and the ghost. So guys, kids, be safe. Happy Halloween. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Make sure to follow. Me on Twitter at TheFranchise85. You can follow the podcast on Facebook.com slash Network. You can post questions on there. We're, like I said, you can check out the backlog of our episodes on Anchor and other podcast platforms. Um, you, like I said, check out our store. There's an ad. Listen to the ad. There's a promotion going on. That's an ongoing promotion. Support the podcast. As always, I'm The Fanchise. I'm Biko. Geek on and take care. Happy Halloween. Oh.